We're now into week two of the year. And if you perhaps not started with your New Year's goals yet, first and foremost, give yourself a break. I spoke about this on my Instagram story a couple of days ago. We're 11 days into a 365 day year. You've got so much time. Take some pressure off yourself. And if you're concerned about having not started yet, I'd rather you be a little bit late to the party and better prepared than rush in before you're ready. So I wanted to make that clear before I dive into today's topic. And on that note, I became a personal trainer in 2012, which means this is my 10th January in the industry, which is pretty bizarre to say, but it's pretty awesome too, because I've seen a lot of things happen over the course of the years. I see some new things pop up now and again, but traditionally I see a lot of the same mistakes made over and over again. So I want to discuss the top five today and hopefully you won't be making these on your journey. Number one on my list is slashing your calories post-Christmas due to the fact you're guilty about what happened or the weight on the scales. And I've spoken a fair bit about motivation and what to do with it now. And there is nothing wrong with going a little bit harder given you're ready to commit. However, what I don't want people to do is do it based off guilt and then feel rough because of it and then feel like they're behind before they've even started. It is not the way forward. For most of us, if you were on a health and fitness journey pre-Christmas, picking back up from where you left off would be more than sufficient. And if you weren't, think about it this way. You're probably consuming maybe on average about 3,000, if not more calories over the festive season. Maybe it was even less, but let's assume it was 3,000 or something along those lines. And now you've just decided, I'm gonna just drop it to 1,200 calories. I'm gonna go zero carb and I'm just gonna eat protein and fresh air, basically. And you've gotta recognize that's an 1,800 calorie drop compared to what you were just consuming a few days ago. And yes, you're going to lose weight, but you probably also would have done if you just went down to 2000 or 1800. That's still a 1000 or 1200 calorie drop. If you weren't exercising over the festive season either, you've got that to throw into the equation, which is going to be an even bigger deficit. So if you are on a journey before, pick up from where you left off and be ultra diligent if you want to capitalize on your motivation. If you weren't, find somewhere below or around maintenance and the results will come. Number two is cutting out entire food groups. I'm going to cut out sugar entirely this year. I'm going to cut out dairy. I'm going to cut out all carbs. And once again, awesome if you're motivated, especially if you've wanted to do this for a while, but will this really stand the test of time? For some, it will. And if you wanted to cut out dairy for a while now, because if you get bloated when you have it, for example, amazing. But what about sugar? Does this mean you're not going to have a dessert ever again? Does having no carbs mean you're never going to have a plate of pasta or a slice of bread? That sounds like a pretty miserable life to me. And not only that, it's going to require an immense amount of discipline. And this might sound harsh, but if you were super disciplined in the first place, you probably wouldn't need an extreme change like this. A better way to do this instead is to use this big change as just a kickstarter. So this is something that me and my client discussed earlier this week. She was super intrigued by the ketogenic diet. She liked the idea of it. She'd done her research, watched a few documentaries, read a few articles and said, Ellie, I want to give this a go. What do you think? And I went through the pros and cons and I said, I like it, but ultimately I don't think you're going to be able to sustain it for the next three or four years of your life. Most people can't. As we just mentioned, you have to be super disciplined. You have to cut out a lot of foods. So what we determined instead is that we would try this for a little while and we'd probably reintroduce carbs at some point. So this was a great way for her to try an immersive experience, but ultimately we know it's not forever. And then slowly we'll introduce some carbs back into her repertoire, maybe more conservatively. And with the knowledge that she has, knowing this isn't forever, she's likely to more be more disciplined. And also with going so far to one side of the spectrum, when she does reintroduce carbs, she probably won't 
need that many again. So it can be a really helpful experience, but just don't get fooled into thinking it's forever. On to number three of my top five nutritional mistakes I see so many people make in January is adding cheat days or cheat meals to their otherwise really, really strict eating plans. And I've not touched on this for a little while. So if you're new here, I would say that 99% of the time, I do not think that cheat days, cheat meals, or even the terminology, you calling it a cheat day or cheat meal is pretty much ever a good idea. I personally believe they're an unhealthy relationship with food waiting to happen. But Elliot, The Rock does cheat meals. Have you seen his epic 4,000, 5,000 calorie cheat meals or cheat days? Now, let me ask you, do you resemble anything even close to Dwayne Johnson? (laughs) And I also just Googled this. I literally wrote, how long does The Rock work out for? And the first article that came up said this, six days a week for three to four hours per session. I'm not even going to say anything more. (laughs) Having a meal that you want from time to time is absolutely fine, but it doesn't have to be a cheat. And if you are going to partake in that, then you need to understand the consequences of having higher calories, or you might want to do a bit of prep beforehand to make sure that it doesn't do too much damage to your overall goals. And with that being said, what it should not be is an opportunity to binge eat. It shouldn't be scheduled into your week. It should not, absolutely not, be something that you need in order to get you through a week of dieting. And if that's the case, then you either need to look at the sustainability of that diet or your mentality towards dieting. If it's your sister's birthday and you want to enjoy a normal human-sized meal with a glass of wine, amazing. But sitting down on your own with a Domino's and a pint of ice cream is not the way forward. Being there, done that, didn't do anything useful for me. Number four is doing things because you feel the pressure to do it around this time of year or your peers are doing it. Perhaps the past two years have been tough for you. They've been pretty tough on many of us and you don't actually need any more stress on your plate right now. Perhaps you've been so isolated and being able to go out to restaurants with your friends is doing wonders for your mental well-being right now. Maybe other things in your life need more attention than your weight loss goals at this time. January is a great time to start, but so is February, March, April, May. I think you get my point by now. But if it's simply not the right time for you, don't feel pressured by the time of year or others. But a quick caveat before I leave this point, if you're on the fence right now, try it and see how you get on. And maybe just put a time frame on it. Just say, hey, I'm gonna give this a go for two weeks. And if at the two week stage, this is just not for me, then I'm opting out. You know, simple as that. Because then it's not a failure. If you sign up for something, we automatically sometimes commit to things and think, oh, this is gonna be forever. But if we already make a note, a mental note or a physical note and say, actually, by that two week point, I'm gonna check in with myself and say, is this good for me? And should I continue now? And then maybe after that, you say, okay, I'm going to check in with myself at the three month marker. It doesn't have to be forever, but I think it is worth trying if you're in two minds about it. Right. Number five is not eating because you're not hungry. So I'd say most of us aren't completely in tune with our hunger signals. And sometimes it is helpful to get ourselves back into the groove of understanding these and feeling that physical hunger. However, eating only when you're hungry is bad choices waiting to happen. If you've ever walked into a coffee shop or supermarket when you're super hungry, I'd be almost willing to bet that it ended up with you buying something that you probably wouldn't have done had you been fed. Eating isn't something that you should only do when you're hungry. And on that note, the opposite is true as well. You shouldn't always eat when you feel hungry. This hunger could be dehydration. It could be inadequate sleep. It could be stress. It could just be a craving in fact. And finding a bit of structure when it comes to your meals can alleviate all of this. 
I really enjoy eating at the same time per day as it takes the thought process out of this. And instead of getting to the point in where I'm hungry, I'm usually content until my next meal comes around. And I know I'm getting all the nutrients I need for my body. And I know you might be thinking, oh, I'm not hungry right now. I could cut a meal and maybe cut down on 400 calories and bank more weight loss. It might work in the short term, but usually it trips you up in the long term. Establish a set of daily calories. Allocate a solid amount of protein in those calories. A solid amount of fat and make up the reminder with carbs. Distribute these relatively equally throughout the day based on your preference and your lifestyle, and then stick with it as much as you possibly can. So I hope this helped team. I really don't want to see any of you make these mistakes now you've heard this. Make choices that serve you in the short term, but also in the long term as well. Take care, and I'll speak with you all tomorrow. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.